I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Have you thought about speaking out, taking action to help reform our healthcare system? Can you do anything? Where should you begin? And can you make a difference? Welcome to the Business of Medicine on the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. Joining me today, Owen Dahl, a nationally recognized medical practice management consultant with over 24 years of experience, also the author of Think Business, Medical Practice Quality, Efficiency, Profits. Owen, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you, Dr. Caskell. It's nice to be back with you. I think we are all quite angry, frustrated, disgruntled, and we'd like to be active, but uh, like in all other politics, uh, we're, we're quite apathetic and we don't think we'll make any difference. I understand the apathy. I, I think that's the wrong answer. Uh, the answer to our system is that the elected officials that we have in our representative government form is that we need to be heard. Do they work for us or do they work for Humana? They work for us, oh. and they can work for us based on our efforts and our contacts. It isn't always money that has the influence in terms of what can happen in Washington or in our state capital. Well, what do you think should be the first grassroots step that I, as a physician, can do to get involved with the process? There's a couple of things. Uh, one thing you can do individually is to, to if you don't know, and, and unfortunately I find this, that a lot of doctors don't know who their elected representatives are. So to start with, go to Senate.gov or House.gov and key in your zip code, and you'll be able to find out who your elected representatives are or your senators. And obviously, I think senators are well-known. But what happens then after that is once you access their website, mm -hmm. you've got the names, the phone numbers, the addresses, the emails, anything that you want of your elected officials. So once you know who that is, uh, the next step is, and I assume you're doing this because you're no longer apathetic. You're upset because you've got an issue. All right, so I, I can call Barack at home. Hi, Barack. It's Dr. Caskell. Uh, listen, I'd like to get together and talk about a few things I'd like to change. I think you said home, and I don't think that quite works. Well, I know, but you said all their phone numbers. Are there. <laughs> yeah, but what you're going to get is you're going to get the office phone number in Washington, D.C., but you're also going to get the local phone numbers or their district offices. You're not going to get directly to Barack or John or Hillary or anybody like that. What you're going to do, though, is get a hold of their health care legislative assistant, their LA for health care. That person is going to be conversant with health care issues or is going to be more easily uh, educated to understand your position and what your issues are than why, to why get somebody else. Should, oh, and why should they care about a bunch of doctors, seriously? I mean, we're not, we're not giving to their campaigns. Why would they care that we're complaining that we're not making as much money as we did last year? Well, I think one of the key things is when you said a bunch of doctors, one of the proactive positions and situations that I would recommend is to get your employees and your patients involved. Because they're not necessarily going to feel too sorry for that rich doctor who drives a nicer car than they do or lives in a nicer house than they do. I agree, and I hate to say that, but that's, that's a perspective. But if you have an issue that's causing your practice to face issues of survivability in the long run, then what you need to do is tell your patients that, tell your employees that. Get the phone numbers, get the email addresses, get that healthcare legislative aides name and phone number to your patients and ask your patients to start making the calls because you can get grassroots activity even without contributions, although we can talk about that in terms of political action committees, but basically what I would be looking for is more and more phone calls, more and more emails on one specific issue taking a recommendation. You know, dollars, but also people who vote. 
that make a difference to our elected officials. I, I'm still pessimistic, thinking that even if I get all my patients to send an email to my local senator or congressman, that it will fall on deaf ears. Call me cynical. Well, and I can hear the cynicism in your voice and have seen that. But I've also seen where once we've been able to get some proactivity, we've been able to get some very good contacts, develop that relationship with that legislative aide, let them hear about it. They have interesting ways of getting to their boss, if you will, and, and helping us win. So, yeah, cynicism aside, you can still do it. Tell me, Owen, a grassroots problem, that an action plan that actually worked. Give me an example that I can actually bite my teeth into. Well, one of, one of the things that I did, I worked with an organization called Community Oncology Alliance. And because there was some uh, drug reimbursement issues for chemotherapy that were uh, that still in fact exist, uh, we've been successful in winning some battles. And one of the things that we did was we said, well, let's make an attempt through the grassroots in the country to get all elected officials invited to come to your office. So you could actually invite a representative or their legislative aide or both to come to your office. And in the case of the Community Oncology Alliance, what we did is we, we had a program called Come and Sit in My Chair. And so that the elected official would actually sit in the chair and experience what it would be like to receive chemotherapy, which meant let's understand it a little bit more and so on. So getting proactive in that fashion makes a big difference. Another example is uh, we've literally got grassroots to the point where we shut down the White House uh, switchboard because we were able to get enough people in the grassroots to make phone calls to the White House on an issue that was there that it actually shut down and the uh, White House contacted the folks that were coordinating the campaign and says, please stop the phone calls from coming in because it's messing up our switchboard. So it does work. Owen, oh, let's talk about a specific situation, Medicare pay cuts. Once again, we are faced with an upcoming pay cut scare that right. we, we go through pretty much every six months to a year. Supposedly, as of June 30th of this year, the 10.5 Medicare payment is going to be passed, that everybody's going to get cut 10.5% across the board. Come July 1st, that's correct. So our president has said he wants to cut Medicare, the Democrats want to cut Medicare Advantage, so on and so on. So... Once again, what's going to happen on June 29th? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully something happens before then, but the risk is very real that you said. For the past five years, we've been successful, and we being collective medical arena, where we've been successful in getting a hold of our elected officials and letting them know that we couldn't tolerate the 4 5 6% or this past year the 10.1% decrease that we were going to face in Medicare reimbursement. We won the battle by being proactive in December, but we only won a six-month reprieve, which is mm -hmm. why July 1st is so critical. What could happen then, just to make it even more gloomy for a second, is we're looking at 10, 10.5%, which we got a, a half a percent increase in the December, which we've experienced now. But if there's not a renewal of that legislation, we would take a full 10.5% decrease in Medicare reimbursement. So do the math. Let's say your practice is 50% Medicare and your annual revenues are $500,000. So $250,000 is coming from Medicare. Cut 10%. That means you're losing about... $25,000. Yeah. So uh, basically, that's somebody's salary. Someone's got to go. That's somebody's salary that comes off the bottom line. 
because you're not, at this point in time, it would be impossible to change whether or not you could even see new Medicare patients or take Medicare patients. So you would lose that $25,000 over the next 12 months or whatever the period would be related to that half a million dollar or $250,000 revenue. So you lose that off the bottom line. Do you ever advise your clients to get out of Medicare? Absolutely. So they're not living in constant fear? Yep, yep. And that is an alternative. And unfortunately, it's becoming more and more of an alternative for doctors as they look at this continued threat. But there, there is something I will say, though, on the, on the horizon. The things that we're seeing and hearing now in D.C. suggest that we might, because this is an election year, and because we are active with the grassroots, making those phone calls and contacting the legislative aides and so on that we've talked about, uh, it looks like there's a potential we could get an 18-month extension. Another one. And that's the good news. Right. Uh, but the other thing that has to happen is there's a formula called the sustainable growth rate, which I won't go into. It's a complicated formula that determines whether or not this, like this last year's 10.1%, 10, 10. actually for 2009, this is the gloomy part. There's an additional 5.4% that's predicted to decrease. So we could lose 10.5% July 1st, but we could lose another 5.4% January 1st. Well, I think the other factor that needs to be mentioned is that all the private payers out there link their reimbursement to Medicare. Yes, so they it's do. not just that the Medicare payment's going to go down, it's that every payment's going to go down 10%. Yeah, so our example of $25,000 could become $500,000 within a year after Medicare makes that change. It doesn't happen instantly, but it will happen. So that what we're looking at is a $50,000 decrease in our example that we talked about a few minutes ago. Oh, and what if we got every doctor in America to just say no to the insurance companies? As of June 1st, no doctor is going to accept insurance anymore. And that everybody takes the risk, and that'll basically uh, solve the problem. Well, it's a little yes, drastic. It, 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 it won't happen. But no, no, I can't get five doctors to agree. <laughs> well, we can probably get five, but that sixth one is impossible. But we couldn't do that from a practical point of view. However, and one of the key things is, you know, just your example that you gave when you talked about taking that $500,000, $250,000, $25,000 off the top, that translates into a, actually an exponentially larger number. And if we get doctors to, and I hate to say this, but I have some practices where Doctors don't even see a monthly financial statement, so they wouldn't even know what the impact is on their practice for that number. So how can you then turn around and get them to agree to not see Medicare patients or managed care patients? Uh, so we, you know, we have to start. And one of the reasons that I, I like your topic today is that it's a grassroots kind of thing. And a grassroots means get your patients to call D.C. Well, maybe it's even more grassroots in getting the doctor to understand his business side of his practice so that he can understand the impact of these legislative issues. And if you take that $25,000, that's for one practice. And if you do the math for how many practices there are in America, there's going to be a lot of unemployed people. Perhaps the government would respond more to that number than just what the doctor sends them. Well, and that's, again, part of the idea of the grassroots because it has such a direct impact. I mean, so we get stuck with this. Come August, we have to lay off a bunch of employees. Those employees, we tell them, look, we're sorry. This is not our decision. This is a decision of the government. Call your elected official and tell them that you're no longer employed. That would get a lot of messages out. If there's 20 practices in a small community and they all made that call to their elected official, just think what that impact would be. Again, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking it all sounds great, but even though I started out the show saying I'm mad as hell, I'm still not willing to do the legwork. Well, 
the cynicism that I think we experience and that we sense in the marketplace is very real, and that's where you are. It just seems like we're we're up against Goliath, and there's just no way we're going to win. So why even try? Because we have that attitude, we don't win. I think we need to take a change in our attitude and say, this is something that I'm going to get active in. This is something I'm going to talk up in the lounges at the hospitals. This is something I'm going to talk up in, in on the golf course or wherever I am uh, to say that, please, make these phone calls, get involved, and make our voice heard beyond the grassroots phone calls and making more of a direct Here's my issue. Go meet with your elected official at that fundraiser and press the flesh. Get them to know you and those kinds of those are the kinds of things that we can do. Owen Dahl, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts, your dreams, and your suggestions. I hope some of them come to fruition. They all will if we want them to. God will. be hard at it. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to the Business of Medicine on the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you for listening. <laughs>